Welcome to Dessert Highland Discs, the only show that we speak to a celebrity guest and ask him or her which five songs they would take to a remote Scottish mountain, as well as one book and one luxury item. At the end, we will tell them what dessert reflects their life the most. I'm Danny Brennan. And I'm Rianne Carr. Our special guest today is Sheffield born and bred, advised and argued with the Prime Minister, the youngest politician, our very own Honourable David Blunkett. Hi, David. Hi, thanks very much to both of you. It's really nice to be here. We've just got a couple of questions for you. Um, Number one is, obviously you've been blind for a majority of your life, and how has this affected your career? Well, it made me more tenacious. It made me decide that I was either going to sink or swim, so I just had to get up and do something about it. I was brought up on Parson Cross. I went to a boarding school uh, in Sheffield, and then I had to go away at the age of... 12 to a boarding school in Shropshire, which is on the Welsh-English border. And I didn't have any qualifications at 16, so I had to decide, what am I going to do? Am I going to just uh, accept this, or am I going to really knuckle down and do something about it? And I went to classes in the evening. I got a job. They let me go on uh, to college a day a week. I got to business studies qualification, and then I got the equivalent of GCSEs and, and A-levels, and then I went to university. But it took a long time to do it. And one of the messages I wanted to get across when I was Education Secretary for four years was, I don't want other people to have to go through that all over again. I want all of you to have a really good chance from day one. And that's why it's so important that the school here, the Fir Park Community College, is actually doing so well and that you're doing so well here as well. I'd like to ask you about your dogs. We've heard you have a lot of dogs, and do you have the same relationship with each of them? Yeah, I've only got one at a time. Well, I did have two ones. I've had five now. Um, the first one was a real character. She was called Ruby, and uh, she carried on living with me once she'd retired at the age of 10 because I was living in Sheffield. I was on the city council. I was leader of the council, and therefore it was possible to use the new dog, uh, and uh, the new dog was called Teddy, and uh, at the same time have the old dog back at home and get her out in the evenings and at weekends. So I, I, after that, I, we, I was so busy. I, once I was elected to Parliament in 1987, it wasn't possible to, to keep the dog. So once they retired, uh, they, they went back to the Guide Dog Association, to the person who'd originally trained them. And each one is a complete character in their own right. This one I've got here today with us is called Sadie. Uh, she's eight years old. She's been with me since she was two, and she's been all over the place. She's been on aircraft, she's been on ships, she's been in cars and trains. She comes just about everywhere with me. She's a very lucky dog. Uh, well, she gets <laughs> she gets a lot of interesting visits, that's <laughs> for sure. A lot better than just being stuck at home. And she's a great help to me, because obviously she makes sure that I don't bang into things and fall down holes, and she gives me dignity and the ability to to have mobility uh, with independence. So it's really very important. Um, You've always been quite high up in politics in both Sheffield and on the national front. What do you think is your biggest achievement in politics and why? Well, I suppose, looking back historically, the biggest achievement of all will not be the big things that I did on introducing new literacy and numeracy programmes for schools or even the 
big programme we had 11 years ago to get young, young unemployed people into work, it will probably be demonstrating that someone who has no sight, who has a, hand, a disability, can actually do the job at the highest possible level on equal terms. And that, I think, will have changed people's attitude. It will have changed the attitude of families where a youngster's been born with a disability. It will have changed the attitude of young disabled people to, towards what they can do for the future. But most importantly of all, it may have changed the attitude a little bit of society so that employers think, well, why shouldn't I take someone and give them a chance if they've got a disability? It will change the attitude of people who uh, meet people in social circumstances in the street or at leisure activities so that everyone can be treated equally and have equal opportunity. That's probably the biggest contribution that I've been able to make. Um, you mentioned Firth Park earlier. We just want to know what you like about it and why you keep coming back. Well, I like it because there's a go-getting attitude. There's a desire to lift aspiration and to lift expectation, to give people a real chance in life. Um, years ago, when I was first involved with politics, there was this terrible attitude that if people were born in a particular part of the city or with a particular family background, well, they weren't going to do very well, were they? They weren't really going to succeed. Their, their chances of getting you to university were pretty slim. And I was absolutely determined from my own background and my own experience that we were going to change all that. We were going to say, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, where you live, everyone should have the same chance and opportunity in life. And to do that, we had to transform what was on offer, the quality of education, the standard that could be expected, the the buildings and the circumstances in which people had to learn. And obviously that involved getting the Longley Park College off the ground as well as improving the quality and standard of education and the physical surroundings uh, here and at other schools in the north of Sheffield and saying to, to, to young people, you know, it's just down the road, Longley Park College. When you're 16, make sure you've got sufficient grades Let's get you in there. Let's carry on learning. Let's make sure that you have the kind of life chances that other people in the southwest of Sheffield took for granted years and years ago. Um, back on to politics. Um, obviously, you're education minister. And what, what did you feel that you needed to change for people like blind people or deaf people? Um, what did you think that you needed to change for people like that in, in schools? Well, firstly, to recognise we're all individuals. So these days because of medical science improving what can be done to firstly to eliminate particular types of disability but secondly to keep people alive who would otherwise have died we've had a big change so instead of people having just one disability they often have multiple handicap and that is a big challenge so we have to treat people as individuals and work out what's best for them where someone just has a straight disability that isn't such a disadvantage, such a, a major calamity that they they have a job actually physically just coping with life, then we should encourage integration and inclusion in normal schooling with support so that youngsters could go to the school around the corner but they could get help and support so that there would be technical support alongside the teachers. Where there's multiple handicap that we actually don't write people off but we put in the massive help that's needed to help the families to, to survive to begin with because it's a terrific commitment by families if someone's got very very severe disabilities they can't see or they can't hear or they can't walk and sometimes they can't do 
any of those three things, that is a big challenge. But not to write them off, to say somewhere in there is a person who wants respect, who wants dignity, who wants to be able to learn and to experience and to make a contribution. And we haven't succeeded wholly in that, but we, we get there step by step and things have improved enormously uh, over the last few years. Um, so now we're going to move on to your songs. Um, what right, you're going to help me with these songs, okay? <laughs> um, what was your first song choice and why? Well, I don't know whether you better dig this one out. It's by a group called The Hollies, and uh, it's called The Air That I Breathe. The Air That I Breathe and I Love You. And I went to the City Hall in Sheffield and I heard this many, many years ago. And I've always been a bit of a sentimentalist, and it's a lovely song. And it's the kind of song that any boy or girl would want to play for someone that they'd just fallen in love with. So perhaps you could play that. Does it bring back any particular memories? It brings back memories of, um, of days when uh, I was young and fancy free, and just like you two now. second song my second song i think maybe you could do a bit of classical music because i went to a school at secondary level where they weren't very good on standards of academic achievement as i said earlier i had to go to evening class and 
to day release from work to get qualifications, but they were very, very good at music. And they used to get very famous classical musicians, uh, guitarists and pianists to come. And I learned about a composer who was born in Bradford here in Yorkshire called Delius, Frederick Delius. And I'd like you to play a little bit of one of his pieces called Song of Summer, which he wrote when he was in France and is indicative of the warmth and the wonder of being able to sit out in the evening and enjoy the late sunshine and the warmth. And in the winter, that's a lovely thought. Now we're going to take a little break from choosing your songs. Do you feel that that being blind has made you more determined to succeed in Parliament? I think in order to make progress at all, I had to be more determined. So it's kind of chicken and egg. To actually get anywhere at all, I had to be both tenacious and hardworking at the same time. So that determination and that desire to succeed partly came from knowing that if I didn't put that 150% effort in I wasn't going to get anywhere at all so it was all or nothing really and having got to parliament and wanted wanting to make a difference because the whole point of being there for me was to make a difference was to represent our area our community to get a better deal to get the money the investment we needed into schools into jobs into housing into the environment into developing new opportunities all of that could only be done if we were in government and I wanted not only for us to win an election 
and have a, a government of my persuasion, of my party, but I actually wanted to be in it. I wanted to be there arguing, making a difference, being able to make the decisions uh, to change policy. So that was what was driving me all the way through, and it still does. I, uh, the, when I believe I can't make a difference, I can't persuade colleagues to do what I want, I can't actually get what I want for our community, that will be the time to step down and to do something else. How about your third song? Well, I'd like to, to I don't mind what, which song we choose because I like so many of her songs and it's a, a singer and composer called Katie Mellower and she's very young, she's only in her early 20s and she's got a lovely voice and um, nearly four years ago uh, someone very close to where I live had bid in for a children in need fundraising effort on BBC Radio 2 and the bid was that Katie Mellower would come and play in his house. And instead of doing that, he organised in a local restaurant that she would come along and we would all, all the, all the people that he could get to, would pay to go and join in. And she sung for us and I had a chat and got some photos with her afterwards and I was very impressed. So we can, we can choose a Katie Mellower piece and I'm going to get you two to be able to choose what you can find from uh, from the internet. Are you going to use the internet? Yeah. yeah. You can choose from the internet, okay? okay. How can I think I'm standing strong Yet feel the air feel so wrong How can misery feel so sweet How can you let me watch you sleep Then break my dreams the way you do How can I have got in so Um, now, what what would be your one book if you could take it onto a remote Scottish island, Highland? I think, I think we we I think a book that I'd want to read over and over again, and I think I've, I've read a lot of books recently. I've read autobiographies like Nelson Mandela, the the man who led uh, South Africa out of apartheid and into democracy. I've read. Uh, some very interesting 
easy to read novels but one of the books that I've read recently that I would love to continue reading and if I could have it on disc because it's really good to listen to is called Shadow of the Wind and it's about uh, a father and a young boy going into a library uh, in Madrid in Spain in 1940 and he had to, the youngster was asked to choose a book from the library of forgotten books and then the, the the whole of the story is about that book and what it meant and it's a love story it's a story about uh, uh, fascism in Spain in the Second World War it's a story about uh, someone with a, a brilliant uh, mind and uh, someone who ended up with terrible personal tragedy and it's a great book and I recommend when you're a bit older that you read it as well. Obviously you've been in Sheffield for a long time and especially in this um, area of Sheffield which is Parsons Cross and, and Shire Green. Um, in Parliament did you tend to um, revert back to this area of Sheffield? I tend to refer to what experiences people have here. I hold an advice surgery so that people can come along and talk to me. I get round as I am here at the school by to com community groups, to neighbourhood groups, I talk to people, I get an enormous amount of energy and commitment and revitalisation from being back in the constituency on a Friday and at weekends uh, and sometimes I get uh, uh, vitality from going to Hillsborough but not all that often uh, <laughs> I go to home matches uh, uh, to watch Sheffield Wednesday and I reflect what I pick up what I hear what I find here in Sheffield I did when I was uh, in the cabinet running departments and I do now in terms of what I can reflect back in the policy papers that I've been producing and in the speeches that I make in Parliament as well because um, there aren't that many people who are privileged to be able to get on radio or television or to write columns in national newspapers who live in or represent or know the area and I'm very privileged to do that and it's my job to speak for the people of the north of Sheffield. Um, now, what would be your fourth song and why? Well, I want you to help me because Let's face it, we need to reflect a group that is here in Sheffield, in North Sheffield, don't we? So I want you to choose one of the Arctic Monkeys songs. And let me confess, I've heard them. I've, uh, I've met uh, uh, Turner's mum because she teaches at Parkwood School just right down the road, the lead singer. But I can't say I'm a great fan, but I'm sure <laughs> all those listening to this are. So you, you two have got the privilege of choosing the Arctic Monkeys song that you like, okay? Okay. And um, thank you very much for the interview. Results in a bang, but my bang, oh I bet that you look good on the dance floor 
just going to wrap it up by telling you what um, dessert we've chosen. We've chosen a trifle because of the many layers of your life. Does it have sherry in it? Because <laughs> I'm a great one for red wine, so if we could have a little bit of sherry in it, that would be very nice. <laughs> for this, the sponge represents your strong Sheffield roots, the fruit represents your healthy, um, nutritional working life, and the cream for having achieved all this despite being blind. And, and the sherry, and, and the sherry represents the relaxation I so desperately need. <laughs> I'm sure that we can get some sherry in it. Thank, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for Good your time. Good luck to all of you. Thanks. Fifth Park Radio. Hi, I'm Ari Pankethman and I'm here for Fair Park Radio to interview Miss Burnage from the African Drumming Club. So Miss Burnage, how long have you been doing this? This group have been together for a year and a half to two years. Do you think they enjoy it? I think they enjoy it. They come back every week and we make good progress, so I hope so. What made you start the African Drumming Club? We had um, an African drumming session run by somebody called Steve Rivers a few years ago and he came in and taught us all how to do it. And then we got um, somebody else called Bert Rogers and eventually we got our own drums. So we then took the club on and we've been doing it ever since. Has it been a success and why? It's been a real success because they have built up their skills in African drumming and we've now got the second team. I think you're a member, aren't you, of that yeah. second team? Um, and also the skills and the teamwork that have come out of it are absolutely amazing. So, yes, it has been successful. More importantly, do you enjoy it? I love it, yeah, especially with this group. They can be a bit giddy and a bit silly, but we do have a good laugh and they're a really good team. And, yes, I do love the African Drumming Club. Thank you, Miss Burnage. Hi, my name's Hayley and I'm going to be interviewing a couple of the students from the African Drumming Group. What's your name? Rebecca Johnson. Did, do you enjoy it at African Drumming Club? Yeah, it's very sociable. What was your favourite f- p- performance? Summer Showcase. Thank you. Hi, what's your name? Uh, Jake, England. Do you enjoy it, African Drumming Group? Yeah. What was your favourite performance? Sheffield's Got Talent. What What is your favourite music? Uh, R&B. Thank you. Hi, what's your name? Mara Fernandez. Did you in, did, do you enjoy it, African Drumming Group? Yes, I do. What is your favourite performance? Sheffield's Got Talent. What is your favourite music? Hip-hop. Thank you. Now we are going to, um, one of the students is going to say what they're going to do next. The piece we're about to perform is called African Experience and we all inputted and wrote our own rhythms. Thank you.
Radio.